Hello and welcome to the first Substance on Substance from Harneys. My name is Phil Graham, a partner um, at the head of the economic substance analysis um, that is going on in the British Virgin Islands at the moment. With me today is Josh Mongeau, one of our key experts who's been a fundamental part behind the Harneys push on making sure that all of our clients and the jurisdiction at large has a full understanding of the changes that are going on at the moment. We thought it was critical to um, give you an update at this point, given there was a very important meeting in the BVI early this week on Wednesday the 10th of July. The aspects we'd like to touch on today were key announcements made by Neil Smith as part of the ITA, which were in and around an update on the timing of the release of the code and the guidance notes, a steer from the ITA on what they will be expecting BVI entities to do, a clarification around the tax residence point, and the ITA's view on the Harney's economic substance classification solution. So, Josh, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks. Um, it was great to see, obviously, you were present um, at, that, at that key meeting. Um, the, the, the number one question our clients seem to be asking at the moment, um, frankly, is when are we going to see the code? Um, and we, we certainly understand our clients' need, pressing need, to, to, to understand that. Yeah, I understand there was some clarification on that point. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's important for clients to appreciate that the, the government understands um, the difficulties around timing that, that clients are facing um, and is going to take a, a sensible approach uh, in, the, in the first compliance period. Um, you know, they, they, they understand that the companies need to structure their affairs based on formal guidance um, rather than a draft um, and are doing their best to get this out as soon as possible. The timing update that we heard is that the, the enabling legislation required for the code to come into force will be read in the House of Assembly on the 16th of July um, and then should be finalised thereafter. So it should be with us later this month. Um, we, we can certainly understand our clients' pressing need. I mean, our, our, obviously the analysis is that all BVI entities um, have now started their first financial reporting period. Um, that, that, that started on the, on the 30th of June and I think it's worth giving some clarification around um, the slight update that came from, from BVI Finance actually, um, which moved a certain date to the 1st of October and Josh, I don't know if you want to touch on that. That's right, so there's a, a fair bit of confusion I think in the market around timing generally. So just to recap, um, if you had a BVI company or a BVI limited partnership with legal personality that was incorporated or formed this year, then the first compliance period started from the date of incorporation or formation in the BVI, and that could have been from the 1st of January 2019 onwards. For pre-existing entities that were, that were formed or incorporated before 2019, the 30th of June 2019 commencement date, the first financial period remains in effect. That has not changed. So all entities in the BBI are now in their first compliance period. Um, the changes that were made pushing back some aspects of the amendments to our beneficial um, ownership secure search boss system um, to the 1st of October is a much narrower category to do with certain persons that, that previously were exempt from boss reporting that now are going to have to report some information if they have a economic substance relevant activity as that's defined. So the important takeaway is the first compliance period has started, all entities should be already classifying themselves if they haven't already. 
Absolutely, and, and that, that, that has to be the key takeaway of this bulletin, um, full stop, frankly, that all entities need to be classifying um, at this point in time. And as, as Josh has given us the guidance on that, clearly uh, the code will be available um, in, in relatively short order so that all of our clients can do that. Now, I think what was interesting as well from, from, from the ITA is that they also made it clear that, 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 that whilst this is a self-certification process um, that all companies need to go to, they did give some form of implication that that companies are going to need to demonstrate the actual classification process that they've gone through. Did you get any more sort of clarity around that, Josh? Yeah, that's right. That was actually probably the most interesting part of the conversation. Um, the ITA clearly has indicated that as a jurisdiction, we will need to be able to demonstrate that clients have come to a robust classification of their of their entities' activities for, for economic substance purposes, and that does, in many cases, um, you know, where the analysis is more is more complicated, involve sitting down with your BVI lawyer or a professional. Um, to to discuss the classification, and they will put evidentiary weight on a legal opinion, a, you know, a fulsome set of resolutions or or record of the, the general partner in the case of a partnership, um, showing how how the entity came to its determination. Um, some some entities will not have relevant activities and will not be affected. Um, there, there are a good number of those. Um, a lot of entities will be pure equity holding entities, which is a very narrow definition. The IT has made that clear. Um, for whom the the impact will be will be relatively light. Some will be more difficult and will be affected and, and need to be thinking about that and, and speaking to their advisors. Um, but the, the the interesting takeaway for us as as BVI lawyers was that the ITA is going to put a great deal of weight, I think, in the first period from a from an investigation and enforcement perspective, on seeing. A robust basis for that classification. Absolutely, and I think I think I think that was very interesting, and that that goes to the heart of of what everyone should be doing right now. Frankly, even if you believe you're out of scope, you will need to actively demonstrate that you've given it uh, proper consideration, and that is the determination you've made. So that was a really interesting update. Um, the small point, just some clarification around tax residents, Josh, which I don't necessarily want to get into the weeds of on on this bulletin, but but there, there seemed to be a bit of confusion around tax residency in the, in the, in the room, and I think that was clarified. Yeah, much as I would like to talk a lot about tax, I won't. Um, that's <laughs> right. The we think the the first question is, do you have a relevant activity for your entity? If the answer to that is no, then you shouldn't need to consider your tax residence because you are not within the ambit of the legislation. If the answer to that is yes and you want to claim that you are tax resident somewhere else and can provide evidence of that for the for the financial period, um, then you need to think about the tax status of your entity. Remembering that this is a, a broader concept um, than classic residence, it, it does pick up transparent disregarded entities and the entities whose income is subject to tax somewhere else in the world. Absolutely, and we'll obviously on a later bulletin really get into the tax residence point because I think it's a, it's a fascinating topic. The final point um, was obviously to, to talk in and around our classification solution. It's, it's currently uh, live. Um, we have a number of clients that are going through and using it and finding it as a really cost-effective, efficient um, process to, to get them over the line in terms of all of the classification details that we've just been discussing. Um, what was interesting from our perspective um, and slightly self-serving, we appreciate, but actually it was part of the presentation that the ITA gave. The ITA did give a view on, on sort of automated systems um, such as ours that is available in the market. Josh, I don't know if you want to talk a bit more about that. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it was quite gratifying that, that the ITA, you know, is obviously aware of the efforts that industry is making in the BVI to, to, to help clients with this process and to make it as, as efficient in terms of time and cost as possible. Um, they specifically alluded to our um, online classification solution, which, which Phil has mentioned, um, which as far as we're aware is the, is the, is the most cost effective in the, in the market currently. Um, and I think everybody's cognizant of the, the, the difficulties you know, faced where you have a very large number of, of clients facing you know, legal uncertainty and needing to move to classify in, in you know, what has been realistically a very short period of time. And that's exactly what that solution is designed to do. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously delighted to field queries and feedback on it. It's an, it's an evolving piece of technology. Um, if, if, if people listening do want to kind of find out more about it, then they should go to www.economicsubstance.vg. Absolutely, and a lot more information there. No, and 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 fully agree. Please, please do also free, feel free to contact Josh or I, and we're more than happy to to talk about it. And that concludes the end of our first substance on substance. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone.